You know, I sat and listened to that song, and I could hear a lot of you sing with the amazing grace. And isn't it amazing that we as sinners can come in and sing about that? That God would look at us and say, you know, I'm going to send my son to die for you. What a beautiful picture of forgiveness. So we're going to look this morning at the importance of forgiveness. Let's stand together as we read from Matthew 6. Matthew 6, verse 14 through 15. For if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. Father, we thank you this morning that you have given us a formula for daily cleansing. Father, a formula for being right with you. Father, that formula starts with our own forgiveness of others. How daily we get so aggravated, so angry over the littlest things. And it's because we have a heart of unforgiveness. So Father, help us to deal with this. Help us to deal rightly by others. Just as you've dealt with us, may we forgive. Even if we don't believe that they're deserving of it, may we forgive. We pray this in Jesus' precious and holy name. Amen. You may be seated. In the Greek New Testament, there is a word that is used for forgiveness. Afiemi. It means to dismiss, have go away, depart from, leave behind, abandon, let remain, forgive, pardon, cancel a debt, yield up, let go and let alone. Forgiveness literally means that when we come to a place of forgiveness, we are not going to bring up later. We're not going to continue to think about what was done to us. Really, it's better to be offended and to let it go than to hold resentment. Resentment, a grudge, the only person that really hurts is who? It hurts the person who has resentment. It hurts the person who refuses to let go of the grudge. We're to dismiss when things are done to us. Folks, forgiveness is something that we are struggling with here in America. It is something that we don't understand fully. It is something that we as a nation have struggled with for so many years. People do things. I watch on Facebook and what people are putting out there on Facebook just sickens me. It's like as Christians we've picked sides as to where we're going to land when it comes to all of this politics and where it, where it comes to all the things with uh, race and color. All of a sudden now I want people to know how bad the other people are so I'm going to put out things for them to see and because if they're not going to forgive me, I'm not going to forgive them. Folks, I'm going to tell you something. Forgiveness is letting go. It's dismissing. It is not saying you... You have to do this in order to be forgiven. You have to do this in order for me to look at you once again with respect. No, forgiveness is what God did for you and I at the cross. He paid it all with his son, Jesus Christ. 
And he threw our sin as far as the east is from the west. But we don't want to do that anymore. We want to we want to say, well, if you'll do this, then we'll be right. If you'll do these things, then we'll, we'll be even. If you'll do this, then, then, then I can forgive you. Folks, th- literally, when, when we forgive according to the Greek, according to the scripture, we dismiss it. We have it go away. We depart from it. We leave it behind. We abandon it. We let it remain. We don't carry it with us. We forgive. We pardon. We cancel a debt. Yield up. Let go and let it alone. My I ask a question, if I can? Because I know this is the most honest church that I could ever find on the face of the earth. Right? I mean, this group I know is going to be truthful here. Anybody in here struggle with this definition of forgiveness? Oh, good. Yeah, there's some of y'all. Yeah, yeah. The rest of y'all, we're going to talk about lying next week. It's hard, isn't it? Be honest. And and when someone has hurt you, when they have hurt you, if you've been cheated, I know people that were lied about at a job and a person went over them. They got picked instead of them because they went and lied about things. And and, and as a believer, it's hard to look at that person and go, you know what, I'm going to let this go. Because the more they progress, the more that they move forward, the more it just burns us on the inside. It's the truth. At least somebody was willing to say it. It just gets to us. And yet scripturally as a believer, I've got to learn to do as God did for me. And he dismissed all of my sin. Can you imagine that? He just dismissed it. He had it go away, departed from it, left behind, abandoned. He let it remain forgiven, pardoned, canceled a debt, yielded it up, let go and let alone. That's what God did for me. Forgiveness. So let's read this again. It says, for if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. So this leads to a question. And it's one that I know you want to ask, so I'm going to go ahead and put it right up here for everybody to see it. Is my salvation based upon forgiveness of others? Is my salvation based upon the forgiveness of others? Well, you know, Brother Tom, the scripture said right there that if I don't forgive my brother, then God will not forgive. Listen, let's, let's, let's take a deep look into salvation. Can we do that real quick? If we're going to discuss salvation, let's actually look at salvation, okay? First of all, is my salvation based upon my forgiveness of others? Let's look. John 3, 16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever forgives his brother and also believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Is that what your Bible says? No. What does your Bible say? For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Let's look at 1 John 2, 2. And he himself is the propitiation for our sins and not for ours only, but also for the whole world. As long as you forgive your brother. Is that what that says? No. 1 John 4, 10. In this is love, not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins as long as we forgive our brother. Is that part in there? 
No. Ephesians 2, 8 through 9 says, For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. Folks, if, if salvation included forgiving others, then it would be a work. And I'm going to be honest with you. I know people that are lost that are better forgivers than people that are in the church. Because I've been in enough business meetings. I know how especially Baptists can hold on to things forever. I'm telling you. The only reason a lot of times that somebody keeps the minutes in a business meeting is to remind people of what was done years ago. Well, y'all remember this. Forgiveness. Forgiveness is not an act of salvation. Forgiveness comes by salvation. I have a heart of forgiveness because why? I have been forgiven. Correct? But Christ took care of salvation for me. If I have a heart of forgiveness, it is because I understand that I am born again. And I am born again because of the work of God, not because of anything that I've done, lest I should what? Boast. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves is the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. So here's the question. Is my salvation based upon my forgiveness of others? Absolutely not. My salvation is based upon the work of God through his son, Jesus Christ. It's okay to say amen to that. I would hope that as a church, we would understand this. Salvation is not based upon your works. Salvation is based upon what Christ has done. But should I forgive others? I would sure hope so. If I have truly been born again, impacted by the Holy Spirit of God living and dwelling inside of me, then I should have a heart of forgiveness. You say, well, Brother Tom, that's great. That's good. What's he talking about there? What does he mean that if I forgive others, Christ or God will forgive me, but if I don't, then God's not going to deal properly God's not going to forgive me well we're talking about day-to-day life how many of you in here have sin from day to day wow good I don't have that's good everybody raise their hand pretty much those of you that didn't come see me after church we need daily washing y'all agree with that we need daily washing Every day we need to come back to God and deal with some things. Let's look at John chapter 13, verses 1 through 10. John chapter 13, verses 1 through 10. Now before the feast of the Passover, when Jesus knew that his hour had come, that he should depart from this world to the Father, having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. Aren't you glad he's not like us? He didn't fall out of love with us. He loved us to the end. And supper being ended, the devil having already put it in the heart of Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, to betray him, Jesus knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands and that he had come from God and was going to God, rose from supper and laid aside his garments, took a towel and girded himself. What is he getting ready to do? He's getting ready to wash some feet. 
After that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with the towel with which he was girded. Then he came to Simon Peter, and Peter said to him, Lord, are you washing my feet? God, this should be reversed. Like, I should be the one washing your feet. Well, I don't understand what's happening here. So he asked this question. And I can imagine that it wasn't just Peter who was thinking this. All the disciples had to be wondering, what in the world is he doing? And Peter asked it. Lord, are you washing my feet? And Jesus answered and said to him, what I am doing, you do not understand now, but you will know after this. Peter said to him, you shall never wash my feet. Boy, doesn't Peter have a way of putting his feet in his mouth he should have waited till jesus washed him to say that they'd at least been clean here here he is he's he's putting his foot in his mouth again he said you shall never wash my feet jesus answered him if you do if i do not wash you you have no part with me remember what he said earlier about if i don't forgive then i won't be forgiven he says if i don't wash you You have no part with me. Simon Peter said to him, Lord, not my feet only, but also my hands and my head. And Jesus said to him, he who is bathed needs only to wash his feet, but is completely clean. And you are clean, but not all of you. Now, who was he talking about? Not all of you. Judas. He says, Jesus said to him, he who is bathed needs only to wash his feet, but it is completely, but is completely clean. And you are clean, but not all of you. He had already put his faith and his trust in Christ. His salvation was secure. But Peter had to understand the symbolism here. The feet of the disciples would have been what? Dirty. Even though the rest of them was bathed, even though everything else was taken care of as it should have been, the feet would get dirty. What Christ was doing was showing him, Peter, I have already taken care of everything else. But this day-to-day sin that you have, these things that are going to come into your life, you need to come and you need to deal with them on a daily basis. A lot of people don't even pray for God to forgive them on a daily basis. A lot of people are like, eh, well, I'll do it later. I'll check on it later. I'll, I'll, I'll do this. Folks, we're saved, but we're still sinners. It's not fun, but it's just the truth. And that's why we need to come daily for the proper cleansing, for the washing of the feet, that symbolism to take away those stains that we put on our life on a daily basis. Listen, if you're born again, there's still room for forgiveness. If you're a believer, if you're a child of God, there is still much need for you to come to the Father and say, Lord, I confess that this happened today. God, I confess that these things went and took place. And that washing of the feet is taking place, that cleaning, that daily cleansing, that daily washing. Remember when you were a child? How many of you told on yourself as a kid? Pray, good. I was one of those. That t- How many of you just never wanted to admit that you were wrong? That didn't happen to me until later in life. I flip-flopped it, see? I, nowadays, I don't want to admit that I'm wrong, but when I was a kid, I told myself all the time, right? I, Mom, I joined the cuss club. Go ahead and laugh. I'd tell her I joined the cuss club. The first thing she did was what? Soap right in the mouth, correct? Come back in. Mom, I did it again. Now it's Tabasco sauce. Mom, I did it again. Now it's the switch. You'd think I would learn. Finally, Mom, I did it again. It was the soap, the Tabasco, and the switch. You say, man, your mom was mean. No, my mother wanted me to know that daily I was hurting myself. 
Daily I was going against what God wanted. We need to be honest with God. Because here's why. My much needed daily forgiveness restores a right relationship with God. And that starts with my forgiveness of others. Who's hurt you? Think about this for a moment. Who's hurt you? How many of you have done the right thing? How many of you have actually gone back? Now that we've studied this word, how many of you have honestly dismissed, let it go away, departed from it, left it behind, abandoned it, let it remain there, not pick it up and carry it with you? You've forgiven, you've pardoned, you've canceled it, you've yielded up, you've let go and let it alone. That's what we're supposed to do when we're hurt. I'll give you some advice. If you have people in your life that are constantly hurting you, constantly doing this, it's constant, it never ends. You need to be honest. Tell them the truth. And if they're not willing to change the way that they act towards you, It might need, especially if it's a spouse, you need some sort of marriage counseling. If it's friends, it may be time for some new friends. Matthew 6, or excuse me, Mark, excuse me, Mark 11, 25 through 26. Mark 11, 25 through 26. Let's read this together. It says, and whenever you stand praying, If you have anything against anyone, do you see that part? If you have anything against anyone, forgive him. That your Father in heaven may also what? Forgive your trespasses. He's talking to a believer here. He's talking to someone who is walking with God. And he's saying, listen, whenever you come and bring your petitions before the Lord, when you stand praying, if you have anything against anyone, forgive them. That your Father in heaven may also forgive your trespasses. If I don't forgive, I have a hindrance. There's, a, there's something that I've put, a wall that I have built between God and I with a heart of unforgiveness. And he is saying that if you want to be heard, what do you need to do? You need to forgive. You need to deal with the heart of unforgiveness. But then we also see in the rest of this, it says... But if you do not forgive, neither will your Father in heaven forgive your trespasses. All of a sudden, there is a, a boundary. There is, there is a limit that God has said. And he has said, listen, if you refuse to forgive others on a daily basis, then you have basically poured your own vengeance upon yourself. I don't know about you, but my greatest desire at night is to know that I'm right with God. Amen? I can't be right with God if I'm not right with others. If I have a heart of unforgiveness, how can I expect my Heavenly Father to forgive me? Because what I'm sowing, I should expect to reap. If I had a heart of unforgiveness, what am I going to reap? Unforgiveness. Let's go back to the original, the text we read earlier at the beginning, and it says in verse 15, but if you do not forgive men their trespasses, neither will your father forgive your 
trespasses. This isn't difficult. This is not hard. If we're not right with God, we need to check our own heart. It's not God that is messed up, correct? It's us. If we're half-hearted in our forgiveness, if we're half-hearted in our worship, if we're half-hearted in in, in our repentance, if we're half-hearted in the way that we live life, then guess what? Your relationship with God is going to be half-hearted, lukewarm. And what do we know that God does with lukewarm people? He spews them out of his mouth. It would be better that you're hot or cold, but not lukewarm. Matthew 6, 9 through 13. Matthew chapter 6, verses 9 through 13. Let's look at this together. Matthew 6, 9 through 13. It says, In this manner, therefore, pray, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done. On earth as it is in heaven, give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we, what? Forgive our debtors. What is Jesus teaching them? Lord, I am asking you, (laughs) look what he says, how he says it. Lord, I'm asking you to deal with me the same way that I what? Deal with others. How about that? All of a sudden, that verse has a lot deeper meaning than it had before. Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. So, Lord, if I'm not willing to forgive, then I'm telling you that I don't want you to forgive me. How much sense does that make? It ought to not make much sense to a believer. We want to be forgiven. Well, okay, God says that's great. As a believer, you want, to be, you want that daily washing? then you need to do your own daily washing. Those who have hurt you, those that are mistreating you, those that have done things, you've got to let it go. You've got to abandon it. Leave it there. Forgive, pardon. Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Do not lead us in temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. A lot of people call that the Lord's Prayer. I may upset some of you this morning, but I consider that to be the model prayer. Jesus didn't have to pray that prayer. He had never harmed anybody. He had never sinned. He had never done any of those things. He was teaching us. Remember, they said, Lord, how can we pray? He said, in this manner, therefore, pray. And he taught them what to pray. He gave them the formula for the right relationship with God. Once they were in the faith, you had to forgive others in order to be forgiven on a daily basis. Does that mean I lose my salvation? Absolutely not. My salvation isn't based upon me. My salvation is based upon the work of God through his son, Jesus Christ. But if I want to walk right with God... I've got to have a right heart towards other people. Folks, there are people in my life that I look back. And I'm not going to share with you some of the things that were done to me as a child. But I can assure you, if you've been there, done that, I probably got the t-shirt. I saw life. I know what it was like. I know how it is. 
I saw things as a young child that I should have never seen. And I held on to that for years and it ate me alive until I finally understood the greatest thing I could do with the things I needed to forgive was just leave them there and trust that God allowed me to go through them and got me through them so that I can help other people. Was I mad at God? No, because God didn't do it. Listen, sin, this whole world is wicked. Do you all agree with that? So many people blame God for the wickedness of this world because they don't understand who God is. What God eventually does for his people, he says, you want this? Go ahead. I'll, I'll turn you over to what you want. And then the people are blaming God for getting what they wanted. It won't be long before America starts saying to the church, where's your God now? We're going to tell them, well, you kicked them out of everything. Kicked them out of school. Kicked them out of politics. Kicked them out of the White House, out of the governor's house. Y'all, we've kicked God out of the church. Y'all understand that? We've kicked God out of the church. So what do you do? You get angry with those people who've done that. No, no, no. You have a heart of forgiveness. And here's why. Ephesians 4.32. And be kind to one another. Tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God and Christ forgave you. But Brother Tom, you do not understand what these people did. You don't know what they did to me. What did you do to God? You've blasphemed his name. You've committed adultery in your heart. You've lied, you've stolen, you've cheated. And what did God do for you? He gave his only son. You and I need to learn to be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God in Christ has forgiven you. Folks, as a pastor, there are times that I promise you my patience are tested with people. There are folks who absolutely have nothing but the most negative things in this life to say. I have met people who can say nothing nice about anybody. You ever met anybody like that? But I'm talking about people in the church. People who are so negative and so angry and so mad and you don't understand. It's just terrible. Everything is terrible. Have you not realized what God did for you? Here recently, I have begun to notice how easily angered I am. Seriously. Like, it'll drive you crazy. The littlest things can just set me off. And I am trying so hard to deal with my heart and to deal with this because I, I listen to people, I look at people, and, and I just get so angry when they, when they say things, when they do things, or, or just the littlest things can just set me off. And, and God has really had to deal with my heart. And, and I know what it is. He's asking me, Tom, can you forgive before you get angry? So if you want to pray for your pastor, you want to know where your pastor is struggling, your pastor is struggling, honestly, with a heart that would, work, that would just easily give out forgiveness because his heart wants to just say, I don't really care. 
Isn't that bad? I'm supposed to be setting the example. Well, I hope the example that I set for you is one that says, listen, we all struggle. And I would rather confess to you that I'm struggling with this than sit here and lie to you and say, I've got it all figured out. Pray for me. Pray that I will have that heart of forgiveness. Pray that I will have that heart that just simply lets things go. Anybody else in here get mad over the dumbest things? Things that just don't matter. It's crazy, isn't it? Well, Brother Tom, how how often should I forgive somebody? I'm glad that y'all asked that question. Matthew chapter 18 Then Peter came to him, verse 21, said, Lord, how often shall my brother sin against me and I forgive him? Even Peter wanted to know the question. I love Peter and Thomas. They always ask questions, right? Always asking questions. And he says this, up to seven times? Because, you know, Peter wanted to keep count, right? Anybody in here keep count? Come on, be honest. Anybody in here keep count? Okay, good. Some of y'all wanted to be good. I'm glad that I'm not the only person that struggles with counting. I don't struggle with counting. I'm good at it. I just struggle that I shouldn't count the hurts. Up to seven times. And Jesus said to him, I do not say to you up to seven times, but to 70 times seven. The number doesn't matter. 490 times is not what he's talking about. He is saying that no matter what they do to you, you got to get over it because you're a believer. And the best way to show Christ to somebody is by being kind and being forgiving. So you may tell you what I'm really asking you to pray for me for, that I will show Christ. That I will show Christ. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven is like a certain king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. And when he had begun to settle accounts, one was brought to him who owed him 10,000 talents. But as he was not able to pay, his master commanded that he be sold with his wife and children and all that he had and that the payment may be made. The servants therefore fell down before him saying, Master, have patience with me and I will pay you all. This is the same boat that you and I are in whenever we come to God. When we come to God, we have nothing. We owe him our entire life. And no matter how good we are, how good we try to act, it will never be enough to pay the debt. And if God wanted to, he could say, I'll sell you all to Satan straight to hell. But that's not what he did, did he? What did he say? He said, Father, forgive them. The servant fell down before him saying, Master, have patience with me and I will pay you. Then the master of that servant was moved with compassion, released him and forgave him the debt. What have we just seen? We've seen an act of grace and an act of forgiveness. But that servant went out and found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred denarii. Not even close to what he owed the master. And he laid hands on him and took him by the throat saying, pay me what you owe. So his fellow servant fell down at his feet and begged him saying, have patience with me and I will pay you all. And he would not but went and threw him into prison till he should pay the debt. So when his fellow servants saw what he had, had been done, they were very grieved and came and told their master all that had been done. And his master, after he had called him, said to him, you wicked servant. 
I forgave you all that debt because you begged me. Should you not also have compassion on your fellow servant just as I had pity on you? And this master was angry and delivered him to the tortures until he should pay all that he was, was due to him. So my heavenly father will also do to you if each of you from his heart does not forgive his brother his trespasses. Folks, I have seen churches tore apart because people refuse to forgive one another. I have watched people tear each other apart in the name of Jesus inside the church. God forgive us. If we've been forgiven, how much more should we forgive? Amen? So we have Christ's example of forgiveness. Luke 23, 34. Then Jesus said, Father, forgive them for they do not know what they do. And they divided his garments and cast lots. Jesus looks down upon those who are crucifying him. Sees what is taking place. And he showed us what forgiveness was. When he washed the feet of Judas, he showed what forgiveness was. When he placed Judas in the place of honor at the Last Supper, he showed what forgiveness was. What about us? Romans 8.29 says, For whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his Son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. You and I should be conformed to the image of his Son. You and I should be people who have a forgiving heart. So as you pray for me, pray also for one another. That forgiveness will just easily come out. To be honest with you, sometimes our greatest issue with forgiveness is not someone else as much as it is ourselves. Anybody in here ever struggle with just forgiving your own past? Just what you've done. Can I tell you the good news? Jesus paid it all. All to him I owe. Every sin words aren't right but I'm going to get it anyway I'll tell you what that word that song really means every sin was crimson cleansed God took care of it all through his blood through his son Jesus Christ what you have to learn is what you've done in your past is your past you might need to go back and make some things right with people you might need to go back and say you're sorry and if they forgive you that doesn't matter what does matter is that you realized you were wrong and you need to go and correct it. And then that relationship gets right with God. Here's where we're at. Unforgiveness equals broken relationships, God and man. Forgiveness is restoration. Unforgiveness is division between God and man. Forgiveness is unity. You know what we need in our world today? You know what America needs? And I'm not saying this because I'm a white man. 
And I know that some, for somehow, some reason, some people are going to go to this. Folks, what we need, whether you're white, black, yellow, green, red, it doesn't matter. We need to forgive one another. And that will bring the unity that we desire in our world today. So finally, let's look at this. This is of the Holman Christian Study Bible. 1 Corinthians 13, 5 says, does not act appropriately, is not selfish, is not provoked, and does not keep a record of wrongs. If we're believers and we truly love those that God has put around us, we don't get to keep a record of wrong. We have to forgive and let it go. God help us. Amen. Father, we thank you that you love us. We thank you that you challenge us, God, with your word. And Father, we confess to you that we are desperate, desperate, Lord, to hear from you. Father, we need to understand that we are forgiven. And because we're forgiven, then, Father, we need to give forgiveness. What we have been given, we need to give away. We need to give out to others. Father, if we're too stubborn to forgive, then there's probably something wrong with our own hearts. Lord, deal with me as a pastor. God, teach me not to get so worked up over things that really don't matter. God, give me a heart of forgiveness again so that I can be the man that you've called me to be. I pray this in Jesus' precious and holy name. Amen.